Welcome to the Karate in the Garage. I'm Corey Gold. I'm Freddie Waff. It is a Kickstarter for you. This is our third, no, second Kickstarter for April, right? Yeah, Don't yeah, say. Yeah, because it was a, it's a weird month already. But the fact is that we're already, <laughs> and yet April 12th is just fucking full speed ahead, right? <laughs> People. Yeah, man, right? Here we go. Summer's coming. If you don't know already, we're already uh, full one full episode, one full week into our Patreon listener choice month. And we had Empire Records last week chosen by Shannon Sprout. And that was a fun time talking about more than anything, that amazing soundtrack is. Right. I mean, it's for, it drives the movie, so it's easy to, to lean on that. And of course, the, for a lot of beginnings and a lot of jumping points for for some actors' careers and some uh, some vets thrown in there, like I said before, but that yeah, that man. was a fun conversation. Good. You know what I took what I took away from it is don't take advice from fools. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, no, just and, consider everything is cool and be wary of your frilly cuffs, unless you got the moves to pull it off, like Maxwell Caulfield does. Sure, right? Yeah, you because know, he never gets to dance like that in Greece too. But we'll save that for Greece too. Or in the boys next door. He's too busy hitting old ladies with bottles. Most definitely. Not even after he hits them in the head, does he? He does not dance around them. No dancing around. After two years of this thing staring in my face, I finally got around to watching The Order on Netflix. And after us talking about all that fun Canadian sci-fi slash horror television that we've gotten in the last, I don't know, decade Oh, yeah. I was like, you know what? Fuck this, man. It's staring my face long enough. Let's just go and dive into it. Now, I got into it. It's fun, man. It's I I love the aspect of it that it's just like an R-rated Harry Potter, except for not only is it R-rated Harry Potter, but it's actually good. Right. And entertaining. It's a little broody, but I mean, come on. It's it's a it's a college full of uh well, I don't know. I'm not gonna really get I don't want to give any away. This is one of those ones I really can't talk about other than the way I described it. It just kind of and there but there is a motive. Them the main character, Jack, has a reason why he's going to the school and he's intentionally trying to, to join this order. He has he doesn't know anything about about anything other than that it affected his personal life greatly. And now he's Trying to basically Sherlock Holmesing it, um, but then again, at the same time, Harry Potter kind of did that a lot toward you know, like in the middle of all young the, Sherlock Holmesing it. You mean? Well, yeah. Well, let's all be serious for a second. <laughs> like we talked about before, Harry Potter. Well, Chris Columbus borrows from himself. I know, and I that's mean, he wrote it. So. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why not? Right. Yeah. Nobody saw that movie. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, movies, plural. The way they've if they found a way to spread out the those little uh, those little key little things away from from young Sherlock Holmes, they spread it and sprinkled out through all eight of eight movies. But right, yeah, I watched it back in 2019. Uh, so when you said, you know, hey, I just I was like, oh yeah, I I, I can't. I don't, I can't say anything because I'm full of spoilers. <laughs> it's like, well, even, yeah, even if you start talking about what what this show is about more than what I just said, it becomes this, can I say that? And I'm only three episodes in. Like I said, I just cracked it open right. last night and I'm like, this is good all Friday night. The problem was I had to go to bed at a relatively early hour and I'm like, oh man, I want to watch. It's one of those shows, man. It just draws you in. And we talked before we got on mic about like the stand. The original and, for that matter, the the new one, 
the it's being de- it was delivered back in the day where it was like once yeah a two hour movie essentially every four weeks and it was just it's hard to keep track like wait what happened again you the recap on on the stand was so necessary for episodes two three and four sure and how differently that a, a thing like that would play in the streaming world okay so when the new one came along the new version of the stand how did they do it oh they delivered it once a week. I know you. I know streaming services are trying to keep you around and everything. But when I saw that, I'm like, you literally forcing people to to do something that was actually the part that was troubling to watch the original was spreading out four two hour movies and then retire. Remember what the fuck happened the previous week? It's not like a sequel to a movie, man. It's directly tied to it. It's all one giant story. So having to wait a week is like fuck. And and we've talked about that too. The stand is a tough adaptation because there's so much going on between those two covers. There's a lot, again, a lot there, whether you like the series or not. But what's good about the order or a bad thing for me or anybody that wants to go to bed, <laughs> it's intriguing and it, it draws you in. I, again, watch three episodes and the third and all the first, second, and third have great cliffhangers. Even though the first one has got this so full of exposition being the first episode, it drew me in and, I almost got me to watch more last night past the third episode because of that cliffhanger. And it's the, it's the usual thing, man. It's 10 episodes a season and then there's 20 of them in. And what sucks is that it did get cut back in November, but I think it had more to do COVID related or the fact that that's, that's Netflix's MO, whether where, no matter where it originated now, you know what? That's two seasons, right? See you guys. So I don't know what happened. Right. Totally. But based on what I've seen, it's super fun. I got 17 more episodes to go through. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. I hope it doesn't end the way a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows end on Netflix where you're like, oh, what happened next? <laughs> it's the last episode. No, right. They just leave you hanging. Yeah. You know, the best thing about this is that uh, Catherine Isabel from Ginger Snaps is in it. Right, dude. There's my spoiler. Oh, Jen, I just realized you did spoil that, didn't you? Um, I did. Jen, did I ruin it for you? Well, well well, is, just but, just the know. fact that she's in it. Yes. And there's a werewolf in it, dude. You can't get away from it. It's the fucking thumbnail. Right. <laughs> I mean, you should have known that before you clicked oh, yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't know she was in it. And then and so she like pops up in the very, very beginning of the of the episode of, of the first of the first episode. I'm like, oh God, yes. The order. It's got a, a fun beginning and a finite end, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. There's probably a group of people out there that have been pushing for it to keep going, but I don't know because I don't know how it ends. So Yes. Anyway, those tasty episodes, you know, 40 to 50 minutes, like you get on these kinds of shows where whatever, however long it takes to tell the story, that's how long it is. Anyway. Yeah. It's a lot of fun, yeah. man. It's, you're, you're going to enjoy the shit out of it. And you get Matt Frewer as well. That's what I mean, man. Matt Frewer. Believe it or not, dude, this thing stared me on face for so long. I let, let it hover. And then the, you know, the autoplay trailer came on and there's Matt Frewer. I'm like, dude. So, and that's what let our pre-mic conversation go down. We could talk about Matt Freeward and all the shit that he's done on television. Right. This is, which is why we were talking about the stand and why it was so fresh on top of our heads, the top of our heads. And somehow we went right down into desperation. Yeah. Which I never heard of before. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the forgotten Mick, the, the forgotten Mick Garris masterpiece. Well, and forgot, yeah, forgotten Mick Garris, Stephen King adaptation. <laughs> Masterpiece. Yes. Uh, yeah. So anyway, check that out too. If you're, uh, you know, it's around. It's around apparently. I just started The Irregulars, 
which it's set in Victorian London. It's kind of Dickens-ish. It's kind of Sherlock Holmes. It's kind of, I don't want to say Umbrella Academy, but it's kind of tweeny, which is kind of my main problem with it. it it's kind of fun. Um, two episodes in. But uh, so basically it follows this gang of like street urchins, if you will, boys, girls, they're the eyes and ears of the London during the time of Jack the Ripper and Sherlock Holmes. And uh, they are hired by the mysterious Dr. Watson to be the eyes and ears for Sherlock Holmes, who we, I haven't seen yet. I've only seen him in shadow. The first episode, I don't, I don't want to give it away, but Watson finds him, hires the girl she goes back to her friends and says, Hey, I got some money. You know, here's how, you know, we're going to make money, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's off to the races and all kinds of weird shit is happening. Babies are being snatched all around <laughs> London. And <laughs> it's pretty dark, man. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a pretty good looking show. It kind of reminds me of things like Murdoch mysteries, although it's a lot darker than that visually two episodes in and I'm on the fence about, do I continue forward or do I, maybe set it aside for a while and then come back to it. It's not uninteresting. It's just some of it is, <laughs> you kind of have to see it to know what I'm talking right. about, but it's not without its merits. It's kind of fun, but has it hooked me yet? Not quite. I was going to you know, maybe give it like that third episode and see what happens. Cause the first and second episode were kind of tied together. Um, I'm assuming the third one is as well, but you know, I, I need to know where it's going by the end of the third episode <laughs> or I got to tap out. I feel that. But I don't know if that's a recommendation or if it's, I'm not, it's not a slight for sure. It does have elements of things I dig, but there's also some elements of things I don't care about. So the Irregulars on Netflix <laughs> season one, I think, I think it just dropped. It's an interesting premise. Super interesting. I think I think it's something like that's really expensive considering it, you, know, you can start getting those period projects. Oh, like dude. That. I mean, it looks like an offshoot of Guy Ritchie's Sherlock Holmes films. I mean, the lighting, the the environments, they're definitely not cheaping out on it. And I, th I think it's from a graphic novel. So, that it, you know, it does have that, you know, it is embracing that kind of uh, sort of darker vibe is why I thought it was cool. I like the way it's shot. It's, it's the kids sometimes because I'm old. <laughs> My patience with kids is like, no, <laughs> it's interesting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to definitely check that one out at, at once I'm done with the order. <laughs> and the other two, two or three things that I'm watching right now. I discovered that it's easier for me just to watch things by myself. Yeah. I mean, you, Joey might dig it. I mean, you should check it out first to see, you know, what you think about the, I mean, I don't know. I don't find it that violent, but you know, again. Yeah. Cause you know, watching, I watched the gentleman again the other day cause I hadn't watched it in a while. And uh, it's on HBO Max if you haven't seen it. So here we are. We're going to wave, wave our gentleman flag again. I hadn't seen it in a while. And that was, this was only my like, fourth time seeing it. Maybe I saw a part of it the third time. I, it's so great. I like not knowing the movie well enough to forget about things when it happens. But that movie's so fucking good. Anyway, so I was watching it going, damn, is there anything a guy Richie's that I can get Joey into? And fortunately... Whether love them or like them, <laughs> love them or hate them, I should say. The Sherlock Holmes movies are probably going to be my gateway for him. And maybe I can slide it in with King Arthur, but I haven't watched that yet either. So Guy Ritchie, man. And then you mentioning Sherlock Holmes, Guy Ritchie, that just seems to me like a logical choice for me to pull him in and get him into that world. Because by, you know, maybe a year from now, maybe a year from now, I think Gentleman is the only one I can get into. I don't know about rock and roll. It's been a while since I've seen it from parental eyes, you know? 
Oh, I'd say rock and roll is about, about the about same. The same. As, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what I'm feeling too. Maybe worse in some aspects. My concern is with like with a gentleman more than content is because it's a very intricate story. I'm curious that if he's able, if, if he's seen enough movies that kind of built up his stamina and, and his cinema stamina and stamina and how that kind of works. Sure. If he'd keep up with it and, or, or recognize things, but there's also something to be said too, about having a whole bunch of movies in your psyche that affect the way you watch a movie. So you, you anticipate things, but at the same time, don't anticipate things because of that experience of watching other movies. So when you don't have that, sometimes it's easy to get to point A to point B quicker and go, and you're going to go, Oh, I'm not saying the gentleman is one of those movies. Cause I really don't think that's possible <laughs> because this is probably, again, it's probably his most intricate, most tightly woven script too. It's, it's, uh, man, this movie's so good. What a cast. And the gentleman. I mean, here we are talking about it again, which wasn't planned, but you said Guy Ritchie, and that was enough for me. Back to the Irregulars, just quickly. The Baker Street Irregulars is the title of a chapter in The Sign of Four, if you're a Sherlock Holmes fan. These basically are the Baker Street Irregulars, these kids who run around and they snoop and report back to Watson. You thought that Holmes and Watson did it all by themselves? Come on. <laughs> That's the premise of the show. And like I said, it's it's fun so far. I got to see what this third episode is all about. I remember seeing the thumbnail for this one kind of pop up. And I think it was the, the thumbnail with the hand coming out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, no, dude, I saw the little, I, I let it hover long enough. That's what I did. I let it hover long enough to where it played that autoplay with the kid, with the arm coming out of the ground and the, and the kid, the two kids coming out of the ground. And I don't know where that's at in the series, but that, I mean, I'm not telling you anything that, Sure. Readily in everybody's face. Yeah. It came up in my recommendations. Like I think it dropped at the end of March, like the 26th or 28th of March. And the trailer is interesting. So yeah, I mean, you should check it out, but I I mean, I I feel, I don't think that it's too much really for Joey. He might dig it. I mean, if you watch Umbrella Academy, it's kind of got a similar. Oh, he hasn't watched it. It's just a similar vibe to that. Not so much content wise. I just mean with the kids and. I remember seeing this and it, like, it was a cool little vibe just from them. Like, oh, this is interesting. And I, I was totally unaware of who they were, but the synopsis is pretty clear, you know, who they are. I'm like, oh, cool. So I didn't know if it was something that comes from, from the books or. No, the term Baker, it comes from, you know, the, the, the Conan Doyle novels, but apparently it was a graphic novel. Not familiar with the graphic novel, but I might check it out just because I kind of dig the vibe of this whole thing. And there are some moments where you're like, oh yeah, totally. They went, they went for it. They're, you know, the first episode is actually quite good as far as like getting you to watch the second episode, <laughs> but I don't want to, I can't ruin anything. Uh, just check it out. I'm going to stop talking. I'm throwing dirt on it at the moment, but I don't mean oh. to because I want to try to get through it. Right. If I was 15, dude, I would dig the shit out of it. Yeah. Like you pointed out, it is a graphic novel, but that name, the title the Baker Street Regulars comes from an organization of Sherlock Holmes enthusiasts that were started in 1934, which I thought was kind of cool. That's fun, man, for the graphic novel creators to take a little bit from that enthusiasm they have and call it the Baker Street Regulars. Obviously they called it the Regulars because you're like, what the fuck's the Baker Street Regulars? And that's probably why. And the Regulars grab, that's a grabbing name. So I don't know how I missed this, but you know, and the audience knows what massive fans we are of 
older movies, but but more importantly, what massive fans are Kino Lorber. How did I miss this good, the bad, and the ugly 4K coming out in two weeks? I have no idea. Oh, no, we we talked about it like months ago. It's just been such a long time. But I think we talked about the Blu-ray, but I didn't realize it, there was a 4K release coming. And I just saw a release, uh, a review for it. The transfer. <laughs> While you were talking, I was putting my a new Kino order together because it's $5 cheaper on Kino right now. And they're already, apparently they're already shipping it even though it's not due out to retail markets until the 27th. So the good, the bad, and the ugly in 4K, like we did the yeah, I do remember I was talking about it. I didn't know they were doing a full UHD release, which is good. You never know because when they're doing those restorations and they're saying it's a 4K restoration, which is all about getting the biggest image possible when you're starting to clean things up. It doesn't always lead to an ultra HD release, but you just know it's going to be a really nice 1080p Blu-ray when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. I mean, but, you know, we love Kino yeah, for those Kino, reasons. And Kino does. Damn, you guys. Seriously. They're really starting to get more into the UHD releases, and you're going to start seeing it more and more, I think. And that's a great title because, boy, talk about a super wide movie. <laughs> it's, it's a big, it's a big fat 235, and I can't wait to, to see it. Doesn't this. get any wider. Doesn't get any wider. In fact, when you get bigger, you get 4 by 3 A Zack Snyder? Hey, Zack Snyder. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's funny because uh, they also just put out Doc, the uh, the Doc Holiday film starring Stacey Keach, Faye Dunaway. Frank Perry's uh, 1971, which I got to tell you, dude, is probably the best Wyatt Earp Doc Holiday movie out there. Little scene, but now it's out on Blu-ray. But I mean, it's fantastic, man. Keach is amazing in it. Dunaway is great. And Harris Yulin plays Wyatt Earp. It's unlike any of the other Wyatt Earps you've ever seen. You know, James Garner, Kurt Russell, Kevin Costner, you know, Earps is badass macho dude. Harris Yulin has a different take on it, which I got to say, pretty refreshing. And and the movie, man, it's it, it looks like a spaghetti Western, although it's not. But it's shot in that sort of, could live in that same world with the Eastwood trilogy. So that was just released, I think, last week. And I picked it up, but I have not opened it up yet. And dove into it. Kino gets sneaky, dude, because I had no idea that thing was coming. And I'd been looking for that for a long time because I saw it. It was running last summer on Stars, and then it disappeared again. <laughs> and uh, he's also in Cutthroat Island. And I'm just going to leave that out there for everybody to kind of peruse and yeah. think about for a couple of days. <laughs> You may or may not get to hear the rant I just went on about somebody because I haven't decided if I want to keep it in the episode or not. Maybe I'll make it a Patreon-only thing. Cause I That's what I was going to suggest. <laughs> Please. I was a little, I, I threw a fit. But, you know, in all honesty, I shared this opinion with a lot of people. And the funny thing was is that what I said, I actually made an argument against those ideas just, just to kind of defend the guy. But once I heard some quotes recently about his filmmaking process and his intentions. I'm like, I fuck that shit. I'm not down for that. Anyway, if it's on Patreon, you can go hear it there. And if you're a supporter of the show, then you'll get to hear it. If not, I'm enticing you to go, oh, I wonder what that is. I'm not doing that on purpose, truly. I just, if I decided to leave it in there, that's the only place you're gonna be able to hear it. 
Correct. Anyway, <laughs> so if you want to follow me on Letterboxd, you can follow me at Corey underscore Culp. Or if you want to support the show on Patreon and maybe or maybe not hear that little rant that goes with that Kickstart. Which, by the way, I need to start putting Kickstarts on uh, Patreon because I haven't been doing it. Because I know a lot of people don't want to have to keep going between the two things. Even though you can take the RSS feed from Patreon and put it in your podcast app, it's going to be two different podcast shows. I'm using finger quotes here. Shows. If you use the Patreon link and you use the iTunes one or the, just the generic RSS that we have from Libsyn. Patreon doesn't charge us anyway, so one-stop shop. It's easy peasy. Yeah. Bang. There you go. So that's patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you could follow me at Angus Bethune oh, on Angus. Letterboxd. Oh, wait. No, you can't. It's, um, <laughs> it's Tom Cody at Letterboxd. Same as always. 